0: It's Tuesday night and you're supposed to be tired and you're supposed to be discouraged and you're supposed to be worried, but I know one writer that said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus One more time, put your hands together and give God a great praise in this place tonight. Woo! Are you excited to be in the house of the Lord on a Tuesday night? It's in your praise. It's in your praise. I wonder if anybody believes that tonight. It's in your praise bible says he abides in the praises of his people push your neighbor tell them neighbor tell them neighbor you got to tell him like you in church tonight tell them neighbor. tell them it's in your praise oh if you believe it one more time open up your mouth and loose your voice Declare the wonders of the Lord. Declare the greatness of the Lord. Declare the majesty of our King. It's in your praise. It's in your praise. Glory. Somebody acting like they came to have church tonight. Amen. High five about eight people on the way to your seat. Tell them it's in your praise. It's in your praise. It's in your praise. Don't get them too excited. They're liable to start dancing right in front of you tonight. Woo. It's in your praise. Somebody shout glory to the name of Jesus. Amen. How many of you just excited that God gave you another chance to be in his house tonight? Come on, you could have been a statistic today. You could have made headlines in the news. You could have been in the police report today. But God kept you. He got you up this morning. He brought you into the house of the Lord. Oh, if he ain't done nothing else for you, the Bible said, let everything that have breath praise ye the Lord. I don't have to have a new car to praise him. I got breath in my body. I don't have to have a raise on my job to praise him. I got breath in my body. Hey! You can sit there if you want to tonight, but I've got to. Keep the service rolling but i feel something about to break loose in this place you might as well quit playing with it tonight and take about 60 seconds and give them a shout of praise you Raise your hand. If Let me see you leap for joy. Shout, I got, it! I, got it! I 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 got it! Settle down, y'all. It's Tuesday night. Settle down. Settle down. Settle down. It's Tuesday night, y'all. Yo. Don't you know we got a program we got to keep up with tonight? Don't you know we got protocol we got to keep up with? Don't you know it's Tuesday night and it's not Sunday? Hey! <laughs> Said if you've got it, uh, let me see you wave your hand. Hey! to get my miracle on a Tuesday night. You mess with me, I'm liable to have a breakthrough on midweek service. You mess with me, I'm liable to stomp uh, all over the enemies. Hey, yeah. Woo. Let's try it again. Give God a great big praise tonight. be seated for the second time hallelujah my god my god hey i just hear it in the back of my head whatever it takes Whatever it takes Whatever some crazy all in people in the building tonight baby I got somebody that brought that same anointing that was here on Sunday and walked it into the house of the Lord somebody brought your breakthrough with you all the way from Sunday into the middle of the week somebody's living from glory to glory and from faith to faith one more time we ought to lift our voice Pardon the noise, but this is the sound of freedom tonight. This is the sound of liberty. Woo! For the third time, clap your hands as you go to your seat tonight. My God. Me up. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Y'all crazy. Sit down. What? Y'all crazy. Sit down. Sister Katrina Carey, what you doing standing up? Uh, you're supposed to be sitting down. What you, what you doing running around? You, you're supposed to be in a hospital bed tonight. What, what you doing? You you ain't supposed to be here tonight. What you doing dancing? Hey. To him, huh? Come on, She's dancing over the top of cancer tonight. She's dancing over the top of. worshiper keeps on dancing when the music stops. <laughs> Before there was ever a drum uh, or an organ uh, or a bass guitar uh, or a PA system, uh, God gave you two hands to praise him. Uh, God gave you feet to praise him. Uh, God gave you a voice uh, to give him the One more time, lift your voice tonight. Wow! My God. Y'all sit down. I don't know, it's dangerous up in this place tonight. I I don't know, it's dangerous up in this place tonight. I kind of feel like there's somebody that came in the building, uh, like the little woman that said, if I can touch uh, the hem of his garment, uh, I know (laughs) I can feel your press in the building tonight. uh, I can feel your reach in the... Woman broke protocol. Her urgency brought her in proximity uh, to where Jesus was, uh, and when she touched him, uh, Jesus, who is God manifest in the flesh, uh, said, Who touched me? Uh, how are you gonna ask who touched me? Uh, I'll tell you what happened. Her desperation uh, caused his divinity uh, to bypass his humanity. Uh, before the man Christ Jesus uh, even knew what happened uh, she put a demand on the supply somebody in the building tonight uh, said I can't wait for the altar call uh, I gotta get my breakthrough now uh, I can't wait till the end of the sermon uh, I need a touch from Jesus right now Y'all put your hands together. Help me welcome all of our guests and visitors in the house of the Lord. We're going to have to just continue with everybody up in the front tonight. Come on, give God a great big praise for all of our guests that are in the building tonight. Are you thankful to have Sister Collins and her family back with us tonight? So good to have Sister Collins and, and Sierra with us tonight. How many of you thank God they've been here hanging out? And tonight, Brother... Brother Devin is with us. Would you give God a great big hand clap of praise for Brother Devin Collins tonight. And it's so good to have Brother Jordan die in the house of the Lord with us tonight. No stranger to this house. Come on, let's give God a praise for him tonight. And I want to say what a privilege it is to have my dear friend, Pastor Marshall Clack with us tonight. All the way from Ackworth, Georgia. And Batman has his sidekick Robin with him tonight. Would you help me give God a praise for Brother Emerson Clack tonight? Come on. So good to see our family all the way from Bradenton, Florida here tonight. Pastor and Sister Parker and their family and the elder. Come on, would you help me give God a great big praise for all of them tonight? Come on. was going to have them all say something but my god we'll be here all night and the level of anointing that's up here right now i don't know if they can even handle it they're liable to get the mic and just pop and explode in this place tonight how many of you thank god for seven people filled with the holy ghost on sunday morning then we baptized another young lady and she came out of the water speaking in tongues as god come on give god a praise And then yesterday, shout yesterday, Trish was baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of her sins. Amen. As we prepare for the word of the Lord, just stay where you're at tonight. I want to say a great big thank you to this house, as was mentioned before, over half of this month's all-in pledge has already come in in our first Sunday, taking us already in just like 31 days. We've gone all the way to $60,000 that has already come in in our all-in offering. I think we ought to give God a great big praise for that tonight. Come on, I think we ought to give God a great big praise for that tonight. Is there anybody that came expecting something great in the house of the Lord? Come on, is there anybody that's got your faith stirred in this house tonight? I want you one more time to put your hands together and give God your best praise as the man of God comes to deliver the word of the Lord to us tonight. Come on, brother God. Well,
1: high five, three people around you and tell him he's in the house because we praised him. Amen. Tell somebody Jesus is in the house because we praised him. He don't show up just because you show up. Amen. Jesus don't show up just because you walked in. Thank you all 12 of you, but that's still right. He shows up if and when you praise him. That's when he shows up. Amen. Now he's... He's everywhere in His omnipresence, at all times, everywhere, all the time. But He's not there in manifest glory until you praise Him. That's why we praise the Lord every day. When you praise the Lord every day, it's easy to come to church and just hit it in gear. Amen. Amen. And the Lord is here. Somebody say amen. You got your Bibles? Let's take them out to four passages of Scripture. We'll read quickly. We agree with Bishop. Thank you for all of the guests that are here and visitors that are here, of course, to be with him because of the anointing that's on he and his wife. How many of you appreciate your Bishop? Amen. Sister Williams, amen. You love them. We thank God for them and thankful for our friendship that has come over the last couple, two or three years. Thankful to get to know him and know him. And uh, our spirits are connected and I'm thankful for that and honored to be here with this church again. And we're looking for a great time of revival and we had seven or eight this weekend and could have a few more tonight. Amen. Amen. Romans chapter 8 and verse 9. I'm going to go a little slow because I'm reading some old text. Uh, So I'm going to read my Bible. Everybody say he's got his Bible out. Amen. Romans chapter 8 and verse 19 through 20. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth. Everybody say waiteth. For the manifestation of the sons of God. That word manifestation is the unveiling. He waits for the unveiling of the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of of him who hath, uh, who hath, i lost my place. Uh, not willingly, but by reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. Everybody say, until now. 1 Corinthians 4 and verse 15. For they though you have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet have you ye not many fathers. For in Christ Jesus I have begotten you through the gospel. Look at somebody and say, I have been begotten through the gospel. Amen. The book of Ezra. Ezra chapter 2 and verse 62 were those that sought the register among among those that were reckoned by genealogy but there was not they were not found therefore were they as polluted put from the priesthood Malachi chapter 4 verse 5 and 6 behold I will send you Elijah the prophet before, everybody say before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord, everybody say that's in the the end of the tribulation period and he shall turn the heart of the fathers, everybody say turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers let's read that again, he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers. I want to talk to you for a few minutes on our third lesson in the over-under factor on spiritual fathers for apostolic ministry. Look at somebody and say, who's your daddy? Look at three people around and say, who's your daddy? Amen. The Lord bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. Thank you, sir. Took the word right out of my mind. From our text in Romans, Paul tries to give focus to the church concerning her purpose. Everybody say purpose. He says, The earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. Now, when I was younger, I, I, uh, when I went to Bible school, that heard the preacher say that was about the rapture. But the rest of the verse wouldn't make any sense if that verse was dealing with the rapture, because we'd be gone. So, what good would it do for the world to know who the sons of God were? It'd be kind of like pff, you missed it. Everybody say that ain't what's up. The earnest expectation, expectation is ardent wish and sincere desire of creation is for the manifestation of the sons of God. Sons of God in Scripture, two or three words for it. One is technon, which is one that is born, or huyos, which is one that is a maturing son. Malachi 4, 5, and 6, the last two verses of the Old Testament declare that the Lord shall turn the heart of fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers. And 1 Corinthians 4.15, Paul writing to the church. Everybody say to the church. People that have been born again. So from the book of Romans actually forward, nothing in there is written to people that have never been born again. I got one all right, but I'm still right. Everybody ought to say amen to that. Romans forward are epistles, letters to those that are saved. You can look in the very first chapter of Romans. And uh, we'll just turn there. Everybody say lack of amens. Makes him slow down. Tell him this this next point's on you. Amen. Romans chapter 1. Paul a servant of Jesus Christ called to be an apostle separated of the gospel of Christ which he promised before as prophets of the Holy Spirit concerning the Son of Jesus Christ was made of the seed of David according to the flesh and declared to be the Son of God, power according to the Holy Spirit by whom he received from God from... among you are saved. To all that be in Rome beloved of God called to be saints. That's who this letter is to. And First Corinthians does the same thing. Everybody say Corinthians does the same thing. I'll show you. And you can go through all the epistles and they will say to the church at or the saints of on verse 2 of chapter 1 of Corinthians, unto the church of God, which is at court to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints with all that are in every place, call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. Everybody say the epistles are written to the saints, amen. If you're teaching a Bible study, you need to stay focused on the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and the book of Acts. Everybody say those points. are for all of us that didn't say amen eight minutes ago. He's been here for two and a half months, but the rules are still the same. Hallelujah. Amen. New International Version says, I became your father through the gospel. 1 Corinthians 4.15, I'll read it again. For as though ye have 10,000 instructors in Christ, which he's talking about being in the church. Yet have you not many fathers, for in Christ Jesus I have begotten you. New International Version says, I became your father through the gospel. Paul says, Living Bible, uh, it says, I brought you to Christ when I preached the gospel. Revised Standard Version says, I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospels. Be ye imitators of me. Everybody say, imitate your daddy. Here, Paul goes to the root of the Corinthian church problem. In the church, by stating, "Ye may have 10,000 instructors. The word 10,000, anytime you read it in scripture, it means a myriad of or uncalculable number. I've, I've said it here before. Uh, when it talks about the angels that God created, there were thousands of thousands times 10,000 times 10,000. So a thousand times a thousand is a million. So it was a million times an incalculable number times another incalculable number of angels. The point of that was when Lucifer rose up, he led a coup d'etat out of heaven, and Lucifer and one third of the angels that went with him were cast into the earth. Amen. And Lucifer became the dragon, the devil, that old serpent. And the angels that went with him became fallen angels. Amen. And God never gave a moment's thought to any kind of form of redemption of the devils. Everybody say amen. But when man fail, when a man and a woman, Adam and Eve fail, God has literally moved heaven and earth to do everything he could to save every man and woman that he gave the choice to. Tell somebody, you've got a choice. You can go to heaven or you can go to hell, but it's your choice. Amen. Amen. So we are like God. We are made in his image after his likeness. We have a will just like God. We can do what we want. Amen. Look at somebody and say, I choose to be a Christian. Amen. The term refers to the servant who took children to school. The word podagogus is boy leader. 10,000 means a myriad of. Myriad of what? Instructors. Instructors is podagogus. It means a boy leader. The term refers to a servant who took children to school. Thus fathers were substituted and servants offered no inheritance. Let me read just a few more definitions of that. Fathers or podagogus was a slave to whom the boys were entrusted. I'm on page 12, the back page of the first page that you've got. Under tutors and podagoguses. It was a slave to whom boys were entrusted to leaving care of the females, which was somewhere about the 16th year. He was often a foreigner, sometimes educated and refined, but often otherwise. For Plutarch complains that the seamen, traders, ushers, uh, and farmers are engaged in this capacity. The office was one of general guardianship, not of instruction. Sometimes the podagogus acted as a teacher. He accompanied the boy to school carrying his books and attended him to the gymnasium and elsewhere. Amen, podagogus, amen. The word instructor here is podagogus, the definition to top what I just read. He is a boy leader, a servant whose office it was to take the children to school. Amen. Paul said, I'm not your tutor. I'm not your boy leader, Amen. Now, what are we talking about? We're talking about, Amen. First of all, we talked in our first session about being submitted, Amen, submitted to God, and all of the things that went with that. And in the second, and uh, we talked about the angels and them all being in order, and when Lucifer rose up, the coup d'état, and all that tempted thing that happened, and the chaos it threw the world into chaos. Verse two, and the earth was without form and void and darkness. Uh, came upon the earth, but the Spirit of God moved. Everybody say, God moved on the chaos. Say, in the chaos. And before he got done, amen, it became under recreation in spite of Satan and the fallen angels' interest into the mess. He was in the midst of creation. It gets thrown into chaos and confusion. And before the verse is finished, God, the Spirit of God, moved on the face of the deep. And then the next verse, and then God said. Everybody say, a move of God followed by the word of God will produce a miracle. A move of God produced, amen, by your praise and your worship, your prayer and your commitment, amen, will produce a word of God. Everybody say, that's why we praise the Lord anytime we come to church. That's why this is a revival church. It don't have an off night. We don't have an off-service. We don't have midweek worship and Sunday morning worship and Sunday nights, a different type of worship. I go a lot of places, and all three services are all different types. Well, that's never the will of God. We are to enter his gates with praise. Amen. Yes, we are. Amen. And if we will have a move of God that's followed by the word of God, we will have the spirit of recreation. Amen. God can fix whatever's been tore up if there's been a move of God. Now, if all you do is have a move of God, not followed by a word from God, you ain't had nothing but a bunch of hype. And if all you got's a word of God and preach and preach and preach and you don't let nobody worship, you don't let nobody praise God, you ain't got nothing but a hammer, 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 hammer. But when you got a move of God followed by the word of God, you're going to get a miracle. People are going to be born again. They're going to be delivered from alcohol. They're going to be delivered from drugs. They're going to be delivered from sin. Tell somebody they'll be delivered from sin. Why does that happen? Because we praise God first. And then it was followed by a word of God. And that produced the miracle. Fathers here is equivalent to a generator or male ancestor, the founder of a race, a tribe, a of people, Equivalent to one advanced in years or a senior. Metaphorically, he is the originator or transmitter of anything. One who stands in a father's place and looks after another in a paternal way. Literally, it is a nourisher, protector, and upholder. comes from a a root word signifying nourisher, protector, upholder. One advanced in the knowledge of Christ. Metaphorically, it's the originator of a family or a company of persons animated by the same spirit. Everybody say, same spirit as himself. Then uh, another definition, a little more clear, says it's the preacher of the gospel who stands in a father's place caring for his spiritual children. And of course, this is what your bishop is. Everybody say, Bishop is my father. Amen, and I'm just going to just teach. He is more than just a sermonizer. He is more than just a good businessman. He's more than just a great singer. He is is more than just a good teacher. He is more than just a good organizer. He was up here till 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning last night. Look at somebody and say, what in the name of peanut butter and jelly going on? He's more than a revival preacher. Most importantly to this church. Everybody touch somebody and say to us. He is my spiritual father. Amen. How many of you feel like he's a daddy to you? Amen. When he preaches, it's not just a man up here telling you to do something just because you just need to do it. Amen. They say it takes... uh, Five to six years for a man to become your pastor. Uh, He's been here now nine years, eight years, eight years. Eight's a number of new beginnings. Thank you, Jesus. And so they say it takes five or six years for a man to become your father. I got a feeling this one happened a little bit quicker than that. When he came, there was about 60 people, give or take a little bit. And now here you are eight years later, and what are we averaging? 400 people, solid 400 people. What's going on? There is a not only a relationship you're having with God, but because of your spiritual maturity, your growth, and because of he and his wife's love and care for you and not just liking you and just glad you're here and you're another number on the chart, but because he is dealing with you as a father and she is as a mother. Amen. Tell somebody, it's elevating me. Into spiritual relationship. There is more going on in an apostolic church from the pulpit to the pew than just being the preacher to people that are going to heaven. Everybody say amen. Amen. Uh, The preacher here of the father, the word father, is one who stands in a father's place caring for spiritual children. Not many fathers Uh, Another rendition says, of spiritual fathers, this is you have but one. You are to remember that however many teachers you have, everybody say boy leaders, that I am alone, your spiritual father. Now, there was a problem in the Corinthian church, total chaos, confusion, which I'll get to in a minute. And Paul is sending a letter to them and saying, now here's your problem. You're following boy leaders and you're not following me and I'm your daddy. Not many fathers, many offer to instruct you who have no parental feeling for you. So thank God your pastor has a parental feeling for you. Everybody agrees with that? Say amen. 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 So in a church, and a spiritual growth and depth of revival that's going on, one of the deep things that has to happen is there has to be that connection from the pew to the pulpit, not just be saint and pastor, but there needs to be father, son, and daughter has to become that intimate feel, that graduation of revelation. Uh, If not, you will be the church. Corinth was the church. They were the church because they had been baptized in Jesus' name and for the remission of their sins, and they had been filled with the Holy Ghost, evidenced by speaking with other tongues. Somebody say that made them members of the church. But now there was a spirit brought on by three men who were apostolic men. That cause confusion in the church. Amen. Everybody say just tickle your notes, preacher. I'm getting old where I get worried about this stuff now. Back when I was young, I just take a chainsaw out. B says many offer to instruct you who have no parental feeling for you. How can they? You are not their spiritual children. You stand in relation to me alone for in Christ Jesus by the power and unction of the Spirit. I have begotten you. I was the means of bringing you into the state of salvation so that you have been born again. Now this is why we said the other day that if you are not from here, if you did not pray through here, and you've moved in, transferred in, and you you were a child of God, meaning you were born again when you got here. Now pastor, just correct me if I'm wrong. Amen. It is expected of you to not just come here and start throwing your money in the plate. Thank you. We appreciate that. But most importantly, it's not just that you have a relationship with God, but now you, because of your maturity, you say you've been in church 8, 10, 25, 30 years. We need to see that maturity between your relationship and the man of God that is a preacher, but he is a pastor, and most importantly, he wants to be your spiritual father. Everybody didn't clap to that, so look at somebody and say, the next three minutes are on us. Uh, in a revival, and I've told you revival's happening here, it is, it's been going all year, it's amping up, we believe it's going to be going by summertime, it's going to be smoking hot. Everybody say amen. amen. And, uh, but what happens? Why do some churches have revival, some don't? Well. A lot of reasons, but I can tell you uh, there are a lot of churches that do not have revival because there is no spiritual connection between the pew and the pulpit. As Paul is talking about here spiritual sons and daughters and spiritual father. Everybody say none of this is in any of his notes. I got notes. These are here some of the original notes, and this is all the original notes. 2002, when I was at Brother Foster's, and I flew in for two and a half months every Wednesday night, taught it there, and left. These are all the notes from it. None of that is what I'm talking about right now. Say he's on what he's on right now, because two thirds of us just sit there, and I know you was listening, but you didn't say nothing, <sighs> because somebody saying "Amen" just makes it work. Hallelujah. Amen. So, so uh, you have been born again. And Paul was saying, I'm your daddy because I'm the one that preached the gospel to you. So now, for instance, my my spiritual father was Brother R.D. Whalen. I finally got the Holy Ghost when I was 16 years old at uh, Oklahoma, at Mustang, Oklahoma, at the campgrounds just off the pulpit to the right. There's a metal pole in the ground cut off two feet to the right of it, left of it. If you're standing right there is where I was standing when God gave me the Holy Ghost. And uh, it was a beautiful, beautiful thing. He was my spiritual father. and I didn't know it by those terms. I don't remember reading that in Corinthians, but that was the way I felt. Now, when I went to Bible school and got all through with that and then uh, went out to preach on the first revivals. In fact, it was while I was at Bible school, I was preaching a revival, and got done and I was standing there talking to the pastor and a woman came right up on the steps and just kind of punched herself in. He said, give me just a minute. And I stood there and backed up a step and she said, let me tell you something. I'll tell you. She did that and I just, I backed up 10, 15 feet and looked up. He said, what's wrong? I said, I'll, I'll tell you when you get done. I mean, I had never, ever seen anybody, ever, in 22 years, I ain't seen anybody ever talk to a preacher, her pastor, the way she was talking, to her, her posture, look on her face, her anger, her tone, pointing, and, and I, just, I just knew. God, you need to kill that heifer, and I need to kill her right now. That's what I'm saying now. I didn't say it, but that's what went right through my mind. I mean, kill this heifer. Right, I mean, fry her tail. Zaka! You got Lot's wife, turn her to pillar of salt. Turn this witch to nothing. Just zap her. That's what went through my head. I didn't say anything then. I was a Bible school student. Hey, Amen. I was shocked. He got done. I was I was crying. He said, what's wrong? I said, I can't believe that. I, I, I've never seen that in my life. I, my, I grew up with R.D. Whalen's Church. Man, no way. He, he got to crying. I was, I was spitting all over myself, stuttering. I can't believe she's living. Oh, brother God. And he said, that's what you're going to think you're going to learn about ministry. It's just the way it is. And I went, oh. no, no,
0: no,
1: no, no, no. I can't, I can't, I can't do that. So as it went going, when I got to Brother Foster's in 20, 2001, started revival, 2002, he flew me back in. Won't you help me, settle, settle, help me solidify these seven 800 people that we've prayed through these last couple of years? I want you to help me do that. And so I came and teach one night and flew back to California. Came in the next Wednesday, flew in one night, taught and went back the next day and did that. And it evolved into this. And I began to realize when I began to teach this many fathers that the man of God... Say, my bishop, my pastor, is more than a preacher. See, not many fathers says that that is you have but one. You are to remember that however many teachers you have, yet that I alone am your spiritual father. Amen. Whenever the man of God preaches to you, And this is the miracle of preaching. I mean, this is why we want an amen. Now, if it was a political convention, you'd sit there like a bunch of deadhead rich people and just, now they'll have people out there, and I know this, that are paid, and every every now and then, they'll start clapping. They're just paid to do that. But normally, there's not much of a response. They just listen. They don't need any feedback. But when you're preaching, it's not a convention. You're not giving a speech. Come on, somebody. Amen. What is it? What is it? When the word of God is declared, the Bible says you speak faith back. And when you mix your faith with the word of faith that's preached, that's when you get the miracle. Let me see. You understand what I'm saying? Amen. So when the pastor gets up here and gets exhorting, amen, thank God. That's why you're responding quickly. Now, I've had people tell me when I was young and I, I got to preach in the revivals, and I'd say, Well, you know, up here, you know, you need to be more like down south. And I thought everybody down south said amen until I got to preaching around and went to a bunch of dead churches in the south. I was like, What in the name of peanut butter and jelly going on? This is crazy. These people been in church. There's three generations of people. They got hundreds of people in here, got standards and holiness and everything, but they're deader than a hammer. They're as dead as this stupid speaker. they are mature looking they got all the rules down but they're dead as a hammer and I got to digging in studying we couldn't get there wasn't no visitors come. they'd hand out fire nobody come and the reason is because everybody in town heard how dead they were and they weren't coming you can not say amen that's alright I'll fight with you amen just because you look holy doesn't mean much tell somebody it don't mean much Am I right? Now, you're, you look mature. I've said this before, but now we can pray somebody through, take them to the dress store, redress them, wash their face off, and boom, shakalaka. There. Oh, you just don't say amen. It's going to make me stay here and ruin my message. And, but, but most of us, that's the rules. You just get that junk off your face and get your sleeve down, dress down, get your dress on, get your britches off, and you boom, shakalaka, you child of God. Hey, thank you, Jesus. But yet they got anger and bitterness and they got drug habits and all that junk in them. And they're, st- listen, I don't care if they pray through and change clothes the next day. And I'm saying something I've never said. I don't care if they pray through, change their clothes the next day. But if they got drug problems and drinking problems and all kind of stuff, if the rapture takes place, they're in trouble. Now, as you grow, everybody say we grow in fullness, measure, and stature. What Paul said to the church, we grow from fullness to measure and stature. Three dimensional growth, outer court, holy place, holy of holies. That's the way we grow. We grow. So when you grow, amen, there's growth pains. There's things you begin to stop doing as you mature. When you're a baby, you're on the bottle sucking milk. Now, if it's four or five years later, you need to be off the bottle. You need to be chomping on something. It means spiritual growth. Everybody say spiritual growth. Everybody say amen. Paul said you are the church. You're the church of Corinth. The Holy Ghost has moved here. You are born again, but you are following boy leaders. They're just tutors. They're just making sure you get your schoolwork done. They just take you to school and bring you back home. Tell somebody, that ain't my daddy. Thank you, brother. I love that. That, I felt that. You said that. I felt that. Thank you, Jesus. New convert here. He's been coming a whole year. I mean, he's doing good. Look at somebody say, doing good. Amen. He said, that ain't my daddy. Tell somebody, that ain't my daddy. That's my daddy. Tell somebody, Bishop is my daddy. Amen. I'm talking about spiritual father. You can be seed, begotten here. It means, by extension of the mother, figure to regenerate of men begatting children. So it's talking about in the mother-father relationship when a mother becomes pregnant, how the father begats the child, puts seed in the woman. The seed meets with the woman's egg and there is a child. Everybody say, amen. When the man of God is preaching, I'm not in my notes now, I'm in the Holy Ghost. When the man of God is preaching, he's not just preaching his words, but he's preaching the word of God, which is seed. And when he begins to preach the word of God, say to the church, say to the woman, the man of God is preaching to the woman of God. Come on, tell somebody, the man of God is preaching to the woman of God, which is the church, who is the mother of us all. How do you get here? The man of God preaches the word, which is seed, you have to respond, I don't want to get too plain, but you've got to respond to the man of God that wants to put seed in you. It's your response to him that gives you the seed. Everybody say that spiritually makes us expect it. I do, I'm way off my notes, but I'm in the Holy Ghost. You understand? Revival doesn't come because we keep all the rules. I'm saying that again, but you have to have—you got to have full growth. There has to be that, but you cannot have revival if all you're doing is trying to force somebody into full growth. Yeah. Meaning, they get the Holy Ghost one week. I was in one church, and uh, it just came to me. I hadn't thought of this in years, but it just came to me. I was preaching. We had eight or ten got the Holy Ghost. And it was in a district that just didn't ever have many get the Holy Ghost. I mean, we had seven or eight before the, first, before the second night was over. Third night was a Saturday night. Was preaching, and, and just as I got to preach, I noticed inside this a car came in. I glanced out. I was reading my text, and it was a Mercedes, and I thought, or oh, it was a Jaguar, and I thought, oh, my God. I could tell it was a new one. He was shiny. I said, boy, somebody walking up in here, and the man walked in the back door. I could tell from the pulpit. He was bone shakalaka. He was dressed to the nines, 10s, 11s, 12s, and thirteen. He was clean, I mean clean. Come walking in, his eyes were big. He sat down in the row and leaned up in the seat. I got to preaching, about 20 minutes in the message. He came to the front, doubling over. I mean, just almost falling, and the place just erupted. People started, there was four or five more got the Holy Ghost. He came down there and prayed with him. He got the Holy Ghost. They baptized him in Jesus' name. They got done. The pastor got up. He said, all right, it's enough people getting the Holy Ghost. That's enough. And I'm sitting over a chair, and I went, Now, oh, what in the world? He said, now I'm just going to make it plain. Now, tomorrow morning's church, you've got tonight to decide. I want your TVs, I want your VCRs, I want your magazines, I want your junk, I want your cigarette and your beers, I want it all on this platform tomorrow. Amen. Or you're not going to be part of this church. Not I went. He had 13 or 14 people who hadn't been in church three days. I called one of my elders, I'll tell you after church who it was. I called one of them. He said, you shut it down, Greg, get out of there, There's something wrong. I said, You sure? He said, Yeah, just call him tell him you won't be there tomorrow and preach for me. I said, Okay. I said, Hey, Bo, I just feel like I'm done he said, What? What do you mean? I said, you know, you got up, you made a pastoral stance, and that's fine. You're past do what you want. I just feel like I'm done. And I'm I'm just gonna be done. He said, Are you sure? I said, Yeah. So I hooked my trailer up two years later. He called me, wanted me to come try out for his church. I said, what? I was in another church in another district and the pastor had been there a couple of years before. And I told him what was going on. He said, you need to go, Brother God, but you need to be careful. I said, why? And he told me. I was there preaching. I was up front seat with him. My wife was in the back seat with his wife. We were about to pull out of church and a woman came, tapped on the door, rolled the window down. She leaned in the window and talked softly to him and he said something softly to her and gave her a high five. He said, I don't know anything, but I feel something. I said, yes, sir. Got there. His wife wasn't there for the tryout. I'm not in my notes. I'm just talking to you. And uh, got up and preached. I preached a message called Walking Devils and Running Saints. Walking devil can't ever stop a running saint. That was a message. I don't know what's going on, but as long as you keep running, you're going to be all right. Just keep running. 80, 70, 80 people came up and hit the altars praying. I got tapped on the shoulder and said, Man said, Pastor said, just go back to the office. He'd be back there in a minute. So I went back to the office and sat back there 30, 45 minutes. he came come knocked doors. Pastor said, Go on to your mom and dad's house, he will be all right. And uh, he'll call you later. Well, he didn't call me the next day. Whole big mess. Come to find out. The next day I got a call from the presbyter. The presbyter said, Brother God, we got a problem. I said, Where? He said, there. I said, What? He said, It's been immorality and affair, and that's when I said. Oh my God. So I ended up didn't take the church. Amen. Everybody say it was the will of God. Why did I not take church? Because a man that was there was a preacher. This just popped back in my head. Uh, he told everybody he was for it and everything. And so, I mean, I guess I thought there was gonna be 90 to 100% vote, you know. I'd never done that. And he come back and said, Hit split vote. You got about one vote. And I said, what? Huh. Then my bishop called me. He said, Greg, we had to vote. They brought in two more preachers. They didn't get no votes. I got 50%. The other guy got or 49% and the other guy got 51% and I called two of my elders, called Brother Howard and called another elder and they both didn't know I was calling the other one and they both said, don't take it. Called my bishop, who was superintendent told him, I just don't feel like I could take it and he said, okay. So what was it? This man had no spiritual father. He had nobody, no elder in his life he was submitted to. Therefore the minister that was older than him, but was under him, had no connection with him. And what he did was he led a church in a coup d'etat under the guise of being right. Now, I'm okay. Under the guise of being right, because the pastor had had moral failure, he made it look right where he, he just caused a discord by saying he was 100% behind what was going on, but yet he was sowing discord. Brother Howard said, Brother Godwin, get away from it. Leave it alone. So it went for, uh, with that elder man till about six, seven years ago, down to about 10 people. And my bishop, Brother Whalen's uh, great-grandson became the pastor. Last I heard, they're running 75 or 80 now in just a few years. What was the cause of the last 20-something years of chaos? They were uncovered. They had no spiritual father. This man is an absolute anointed man of God. He's younger, but this man is an anointed man of God. He's not only that, he's a great preacher. He's a great evangelist. Everybody say amen. He's a soul winner. He's a leader. Amen. But most importantly, he is your spiritual father. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Everybody say that 10 minutes was because there was no amens a while ago. Hallelujah. So Paul is telling the church of Corinth, your chaos and your confusion Is because you're in disorder. I have begotten you on page 13 says, I was the instrument of your conversion through the gospel by means of the gospel, by preaching it to you, that is, by the truth. I have begotten you means I was the means of bringing you into the state of salvation so that you have been born again. You are my children alone in the gospel. Another version says, as far as your life in Jesus Christ is concerned, it is I who became your father by bringing you the good news. I begat you, humus agensia. Paul is their spiritual father in Christ, while Apollos and the rest of their tutors were tutors in Christ, boy leaders. Everybody say amen. 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 So, I'm gonna say it again. Now, if you move, this is what I got on a while ago, but lack of amen's got me off of it. Everybody say he's back on his stuff now. (laughs) Uh... If you've moved in here, you were apostolic and full-grown, born, whatever, and now you move down here, and this is your church. This man needs to become your father. In other words, he is, he, he is as your pastor that was preaching to you or you were under when you got the Holy Ghost. You can, now, does everybody understand that? Uh, My mom and dad were at their home church for many years and uh, Brother Whalen resigned and retired and then he started getting Alzheimer's and things started happening. Mom and dad were talking about wanting to leave and I kept telling them, nope, you can't leave. Can't leave. Nope, nope. As long as Brother Whalen is alive, you can't leave. Nope, you can't leave. And uh, they heard this session on tape or something somewhere and she called me he was talking about it and I said, nope, you can't leave. And then Brother Whalen full got Alzheimer's and he ended up leaving that church and going to the church uh, where his daughter was a few miles away. He remembered my mom and dad. He remembered me and a couple of people, and that was about it. And uh, so it was great, and so they called me back, and mom said something happened, and she was crying and upset, and I said, okay, now I'm not gonna talk to you like mom and dad. I'm gonna talk to you like an elder. She said, I want you to. I said, okay. So I shifted gears, and I gave her a quick little Bible study. If you leave, if God tells you to leave, that means you've got to cut everybody at that church, off in your communication. I said, the reason is, is because if you leave, and it's, as far as they know, it's a good reason, no problem, no problem, That, but you keep talking, they're going to keep talking to you until you're going to end up slipping and telling them what's going on. Now, I'm out here in there teaching stuff that I've never taught when I was teaching, but it's still true. Everybody say Amen. Uh, I told her, I said, now, now I said, the problem is is that if you keep communication with them, you're gonna create a coup d'etat. So you have to cut off communication with them. And you have to allow Pastor Sholin to become your spiritual father. You cannot communicate. I mean, now my dad died this last year and there was about 15 or 20 from the church I grew up in. They were at the funeral. That was it. It was cool. Now, we had quite a few hundred was there, but there was some from Richard. They come hugging me, crying. They loved my dad, everything, but I hadn't talked to him in years. Mom had talked to him a couple times over the last 10 years, but they loved us. they friends, it didn't matter. What I'm saying is, is if you've come from another church here, and I'm okay, if you come from another church here, this man must become your spiritual father. He cannot be just your preacher because you just moved down here because your job or you felt God. If you felt God in it to come here, he must become your father. Your spiritual daddy. Everybody say, with a move, I've got a new daddy. Does everybody understand? Amen. He, You don't want the man of God to just be a preacher to you. You don't want him to be like me. Now, hopefully I'm... Maybe in a teacher's role here. I don't know how deep that goes with you, but that's what I feel like I am. I'm in a teaching role here. That's why I'm doing that most of the time. Amen. You are, to him, spiritual father. How many times have you heard me say you're elder? How many times have you heard me say you're bishop? I do this everywhere when I go. Why? Because I want them to know that's the man of God, that's the bishop. How many times have you heard me ask him, am I okay? How many times have you heard me say, am I okay, bishop? Have you heard me once say it? See, nobody's saying nothing. Test, test one, two, three. Have you heard me say, I'm okay, bishop? And I, I've had a couple of times I've had a pastor say, and I, I just, just changed lanes and went another direction. Why? Because when I come here, I'm underneath his leadership. Why? You have to recognize spiritual leadership. So, again, trying to get back to my notes, if you've moved in here, We believe it's the will of God, but you must, as quick as you can, allow the man of God and the woman of God to become your spiritual father and mother. Everybody say amen. Amen. Other Bible references of I have begotten. Uh, Amplified version says, for I became your father in Christ Jesus through the glad tidings. For I was the one who brought you to Christ when I preached the gospel to you. That's the living Bible. New Living Translation says, For I became your father in Christ Jesus when I preached the good news to you. For in Christ Jesus, through the good news, I did begat you. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. So the spiritual condition of the Corinthian church should have been of of excellent condition. Paul had established them in foundational doctrines. They had seen and heard eloquence and fervor of Apollos. They were full of revelation. They were gifted of the Spirit. They were charismatic in that day, meaning they were gifted, the nine gifts of the Spirit were operating in them. Amen. But upon close inspection, they were full of division and discord and dysfunction. Chapter 4 and verse 15, Paul goes, I believe to the crux of the matter, they were following boy leaders, men who were not their father in the gospel. Therefore, they were still technons, or as ones just born or immature ones. So Paul, their father in the gospel, sends one of his faithful sons to put them in remembrance of his ways, bring them into order. Thief on the cross, remember, he said, remember me. Notice the breakdown of the word, remember. Remember me. 1 Corinthians 1 and 10 through 13, Now I beseech you, beg you, brethren, by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing. Everybody say, speak the same thing. And that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and same judgment. For it hath been declared unto you, my brethren, by them which are of the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. Now, this I say that every one of you saith, I'm of Paul, I'm of Apollos, I'm of Cephas, I'm of Christ. He said, Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I mean, he was he is rebuking them. There were divisions and contentions because they were not of the same mind or same judgment. Division here means a split, a gap, a schism. Metaphorically, a dissension or division. Contentions is a quarrel, wrangling, contention, debate, strife, variance. Uh, Another word is contention, strife, and wrangling. Paul's sons in the gospel were not following him, but were following boy leaders who were of no condition to bring them into maturity, Everybody say, boy leaders have no ability to bring me into maturity. They were all saying, I'm of this one and of that one, and this was the causing. This was causing division and contentions. Favorite preachers were the order of the day and not Paul, their father in the gospel. Therefore, the order of God was broken. Amen? Amen? We will never be all that we can be being separated from a spiritual father. Notice, father to son is the order of God in the kingdom. Note, Adam is the father of the human race. Abraham is to be the father of a nation. Aaron is the father of the Aaronic priesthood. Levi is the father of the Levites. Levi served the sons of Aaron in ministry, playing music or moving furniture. No matter how how menial the task or ministry was, the work was considered true ministry. I've been up somebody been up here working on the sound and putting new speaker stuff in and tweet. Let me tell you something. That's true ministry. I got 15 of you. True ministry is not just doing what I'm doing. Amen. That's the easiest part doing the preaching and teaching and leading a song at the pulpit. But can you teach a Bible study? I think you got hundred and eighty something going on a week. Amen, that's true maturity when you can take somebody and teach them. Amen, it's maturity when you can wait on the people in the public and at the doors and you can wait on people going through into the office and you can run the sound. That's maturity when you can serve. They say that's true sonship. Each generation should experience a growth through their inheritance and the new blessings. Abraham begat Isaac. Isaac begat two sons. Of the two sons, Jacob begets 12 sons. Of those 12 sons, they become 12 tribes. Those 12 tribes become 12 nations. That eventually becomes the one nation of Israel. During all this, they went into captivity into Egypt, 75 to 100 people. In 400 years, they came out 2.5 million. I can't remember the figure I try to get it and give it to you another time what that growth percentage was it's mind-boggling during trouble they stayed in their place and went from a hundred people to 2.5 million Jews so what happens each generation inherited their father's revelations God land and prophecies So what we're saying to you is, is whenever you not only connect with God, but underneath God, there is a pastor. This is a spiritual link between generations. Now, I started to say this a while ago, and I just remembered, I didn't finish my statement. Everybody say yes, because we didn't say amen one of those times. (laughs) Amen. Uh, Let me see if I can remember what I was going (laughs) to say. What we're trying to say is is this man must become more than the preacher to you. Now, I'm going to try to quit because I know it's midweek and we got to be done. Does it really matter? Does it really matter? Everybody say it does matter. The question is how do you know who your daddy is? Ezra 2 and 62, let's put it up on screen, read it again. This is after they were dispersed into captivity and they came back home. And the Bible said, These are they that sought their register among those that were reckoned by genealogy, but they were not found. Therefore were they as polluted, put from the priesthood. So, in other words, that ministry and everything hadn't been really operating. They come back into Into freedom, tribe of Levi begins to operate again, and a bunch of people started trying to. At the registration table, started saying, "We're the tribe of Levi." They said, "Give us your name." They'd look their name. They'd look through. see it. Look again, okay. They kept going through the book and they couldn't find their names. Priests who could not prove themselves members of the priesthood, Nehemiah 7, 62 through 65, there were three such families are named. The sons of Abiah, the sons of Acus, and the sons of Barzillai. These could not discover their family register and were excluded from the exercise of priestly functions. They had also lost evidence of their descent how they got here. How many times have you heard me talk about me praying through the Holy Ghost and talking about Brother Wayland? How many times since I've been here in the last couple of months? More than two or three times. They also had lost evidence of their descent. This loss was held to disqualify them from the exercise of the priestly office. Genealogy is where you sprouted from. What's your pedigree? To reckon is to search among the ancestral registration. Polluted here means to defile, to desecrate. Proof of sonship is right to priesthood. I'm going to stop there. I got more notes. Everybody say you got a lot more notes. Stand with me. Bishop Williams and his wife are more than just Good singer. She got up here and I forgot she could sing. I seen her directing. I was like, oh, my God, we need to hear her sing some more. Jesus, hey, shay. Oh, glory. I mean, all in favor say aye. Aye. Nobody else's vote counts. Hallelujah. Evangelists don't take up another vote. That's it. The ayes win. Amen. We need to have the bishop's wife do some more singing. I mean, she was. Amen. Now, in all seriousness, this—and I—I believe you know this—but the man of God and his wife are more than just a good preacher. He's more than just a good sermonizer. He's more than a hard worker. He was here two or three in the morning last night. He's here all day. Only had a few hours sleep. He's more than a good worker. The most important thing he is to you—that somebody say. The most important thing, pastor, is to me is he is my spiritual father. When He preached and the seed or the word went out and the church responded to the seed. That's what the Bible calls mixing of faith. That produced the miracle and the miracle was you. You are born again It's not just something you do without any connection to the church or anything going on. No, when someone's born again, it's because the word is preached. Everybody say the word is seed. When it is preached, the response back, how do you respond? By mixing your faith. How do you mix your faith? You have to say something. When you say something back to the preacher, come on. Good God from glory. Those are things I like. I like it. Amen. And you can tell Bishop gets on it. He can hoop. He's got a hoop in him. He's got a hooping gear. Ah! He, he's a black man in a Spanish body. Hallelujah. He's, ah! and y'all get going. What is it? There's a mixing faith. It's beautiful. It's cool to watch. But it's very spiritual. That affirming of the word of God is what produces children. You understand? More here, and I've done this now 32 years, going on 33, preaching 38. There's more to this than good sermons and catchy titles, and uh, there's more to it than the thought that nobody else has preached. <laughs> That's what you got to preach to a bunch of deadheads. You got new people coming. I got messages I've preached hundreds of times. Title it different. Add, I got 10 or 15 different colors of ink on it. I add notes to it. Because these are messages that when I'm preaching to sinners, if I don't have something specific, I can reach in and pull one of these out and preach. And they'll get the Holy Ghost. Words that God gave me. But if you're preaching to a place, where well, there's no talk back. I'm making it simple now. Where well, you're not. Look at somebody and say, we got to talk back to the pastor. Got to talk back to Bishop. We got to talk back to whoever he's got preaching. Why? Because when I talk, tell somebody, when I talk back, I talk back. I'm mixing my faith, my faith with the word of faith that's being preached. Come on, tell somebody, I'm mixing my faith. With the word of faith that's preached. I'm gonna say it again. Now, do you understand what I'm saying? Pastors up here saying something and it's faith word and it's God wants to do something. You may not know everything is, but because he said it, you say, Amen. You can say, you can say, Come on, preacher. You can say, My, my, my. Good God from glory. Or you can say, Yes, sir, Pastor, amen. But if you tell somebody you got to say something back. And if you speak back, meaning if you respond to the preaching, that takes the sermon to a whole nother level. Now we're in a miracle level. Everybody say amen. 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 So Bishop and First Lady, if y'all could come up here again on these steps. We've done it last three times, so we're going to just do it every time. I want you to come and then if you're saints here, and this is your spiritual daddy and your mama. You appreciate their covering. You love their style, their singing, their work ethic, and but you—that's daddy and mama. I mean, this guy. I mean, he gets talking about brother elder, and I mean, he almost you get. Oh Jesus, that's his what? That's my daddy. And his daddy is Bishop Wilson. He gets talking about Paul Paul all the time talking about Bishop Elder Brother Wilson what is it? you should be so happy that this man of God and woman of God know who their daddy is I, I, I think Paul Elder could just call him and tell him I'm going to be there Sunday morning and Bishop say yes sir Brother Wilson can probably do the same thing. Yes, sir. He'll cancel whatever trip he's got. Yes, sir. I'll be there. Why? Because they're spiritual connection. This man, I don't know all the stuff, but he was lost as a goose in a hurricane. That means he was flapping his wings and wasn't going nowhere. <laughs> Look at somebody and say, I was lost like that. I don't remember how he got connected to Brother Elder. I don't remember all the details, but when he came and they prayed through, I mean, he hadn't just been a good preacher to Brother Williams. He was a daddy to him. He corrected him. That's why he has a feeling of Brother Elder that he has, Bishop Elder, and Bishop Wilson. So I'm saying now it's going into the fourth generation from Brother Wilson. I can't remember his pastor's name. Brother Wilson's I heard a tape up the other day. I can't remember who it was, a little elderly man. He didn't have a big church, about 100 people, but he was a father to Brother Wilson. So that would be his spiritual great-grandfather. When 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 you begin to connect that stuff in the Holy Ghost, it adds depth into your spiritual positioning in these last hours. Listen, listen. It's going to take, and I'm going to, he knows I believe everything he believes. It, it's going to take way more than you just obeying and checking off some boxes and saying, okay, I'll change this and I won't wear that. I won't. It's going to take way more than that. Amen, Brother Well, That's right, preach, okay? I will, but preach to yourself. I'm preaching to myself. I'll say amen because I know it's going to take more than that because there's a hailstorm coming to everybody and I've been through mine. I ask God, please don't let me get Isn't one even close. Yes, there's going to come a time when the only thing that's going to keep you is you're going to say, This man, whatever you tell me to do, I'm going to do. If you don't tell me to do something, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I mean, 2012, I felt like I was drowning. I, I can't tell you 90% of what happened that year chaos, the confusion, the mess. Brother Mangan and my brother-in-law, Brother Martin, were my pastor. I called Brother Martin. Every time I'd leave one building, I'd call him, and I'd call him. And when I got to the next building, I mean, well over a thousand phone calls in those five months. Every other day, he was talking to Brother Mangan. Okay, you're going to be here tonight, aren't you? He says, he knew where I was. He don't know where I am from coming here to him right now. But during that six, eight months, he knew there were times on the phone, he was, now, Greg, stop it. He would holler. Greg, I said, shut up. Now, shut up right now and listen to me. I'd be freaked out of my mind, crying. Greg, I demand you, in the name of Jesus, shut your mouth. And he'd cry, he'd start crying. Greg, I know you're hurting, but you've got to shut your mouth and listen to me. And I'd say, yes, sir. I was already ordained. I've been preaching 28 years. Because pastor was more than just somebody that collected the tithes and the offering. He was a spiritual father. Yeah. Tell, some, tell your neighbors. say, everybody is going to go through at least one trial or you're going to need your daddy. And you're gonna to have to listen to him to make it. So I can keep going. I got tons more, but I just got to stop. Tell somebody he's got to stop. Now, if you're from this church, and this is your bishop, this is your pastor, this is your daddy and your mama. I want you to come in real close right here to this altar. Just come in as close as you can. Come on, just close as you can. I know we've done this other nights, but I want you to come in here close. I'm going to tell you something, if you'll stay close to this man a year from this time you're not even going to know yourself who you are God's going to change you so much you're going to blow your own mind the spiritual growth is beginning to happen to you you. if you'll stay close to this man and do everything he says you're going to see a change It's going to blow your mind your family's mind, your friends they're going to say, what's happened to you? you'll say, come with me, I'll show you you receive that Is your spiritual father? Is your spiritual mama? We say, Amen. I want you to reach up and lay hands on the person in front of you, just make a connection with everybody. Now, let's begin to pray, Jesus, in your name. I thank you, Lord, for the connection of this people with their pastor and pastor's wife. I thank you for the maturity that is here. We preach this and teach this as a forewarning to spiritual immaturity. God, we curse that in the name of Jesus. We curse anybody, any spirit, any person that would bring the spirit of discord and disunion to this place. We curse that in the name of Jesus. We pray the unity increases. We pray the connection increases. First of all, one to the other. Pray for your brother or sister now. God, we pray for the brother or sister to our left and right. 360 degrees of us, we pray for them. Help us stay connected. Help us stay close. Don't let there be any division or discord among us. Keep us as one in the name of Jesus then Lord we pray for our bishop and his wife our spiritual father and mother we pray you keep us connected let the anointing flow from our head to our bodies from our covering to us Lord from Bishop Wilson to Bishop Elder to Bishop Williams let a pure flow, a fourth generation flow (inaudible) of anointing upon the families God, I pray financial miracles on this people that are so unified. Meet the needs of this people as they continue to give sacrificially. Meet every family, God. Give untimely raises. Give raises they weren't even due to get. Give it to them, Lord. As they continue to pay tithes and offerings, sacrificial giving, and most importantly are submitted to their leadership. In Jesus' name, Come on, lift your hands now and give God some praise.
0: Come on, lift your hands all over this house tonight. Come on, lift your hands all over this house tonight. Just a few more moments. The Holy Ghost is at work in this place. Come on, all over this sanctuary right now. This is a a poignant moment in the Holy Ghost. There There is spiritual transfer. There is spiritual transfer at work in this place right now. Come on, lift your hands. With faith in your spirit, faith in your heart, let the word of the Lord be activated.